Welcome to the Progress Your Health podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so we mentioned in the last couple times on the podcast, we do, uh, you actually have a book coming out, uh, the, perimenopause, uh, the Perimenopause Plan. Uh, it, should be, it should be out uh, probably within the next, I would say probably the next couple of weeks to the next month or so. Yeah, depending on when we post this podcast or having a, it's all written. It's just having a little bit of issue trying to make it look pretty. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the design uh, process. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's all, it uh, should be fun. Uh, we're excited about it. It's going to be published on Amazon uh, as an ebook. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, perimenopause is something that we deal with all the time. And uh, it was definitely a, uh, you know, the right, you know, it was, it was a, I know you like to write like you, you know, you've always been kind of the writer, uh, you know, that's always been kind of your, your forte for the most part. So, uh, we're definitely excited about that. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, now, diving in, we have, again, more questions. We just have lots and lots of them. So hopefully, if, if everyone keeps sending us emails uh, with their questions, then I'm assuming that the questions that we're answering, people are, um, you know, people are finding some value or enjoying the questions because we just keep getting more of those. So hopefully it's not getting stale or, uh, you know, uh, we don't want to be boring anybody with uh, what we're talking about. It is very specific. You definitely have to be having some hormonal challenges. This is certainly not a podcast for men by any means. Um, you know, you know, but you know, this is, we, we know that this kind of, uh, information is really hard to find on the internet. So, you know, which is the whole genesis behind the podcast in the first place. Uh, so this is Amanda. Why don't you go ahead and read the question? Okay. So this question is from quote unquote, Amanda. Cause like we always say, we change everybody's names just to try to keep the personal stuff, you know, and all that jazz to a minimum. But so this is from quote unquote, Amanda. So, uh, Amanda says I'm 41. I have regular periods every 35 days. I have some anxiety, tiredness, stress, but I do work a lot. I don't have trouble sleeping, but my doctor checked my serum progesterone level, and at day 21, it was 0.5. She said it was low. She had prescribed me oral 200 milligrams a day of compounded progesterone. I work at a job that requires 24-hour shifts twice a week. I'm trying to verse myself in information about this replacement therapy and if this is the right way for me to take progesterone therapy. She told me to just not take it on the days that I work, but I'm concerned with things that I read about replacement therapy and increased mood issues and anxiety. I don't think I could deal with those any worse than I have than what I have. Can you please tell me if I'm on the right path as I'm scared to begin this therapy? Thanks, Amanda. A uh, couple things. Uh, so she works two 24-hour shifts a week. Uh, I'm not sure what that is, but I, you know, that's... That sounds awful. Well, uh, it depends on what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it certainly depends on what it is, but two 24-hour shifts a week. I mean, maybe two 24-hour shifts a month, but a week, that seems very that seems very taxing on her body in some respects, yeah. right? You know, mm -hmm. th that seems pretty, maybe she's a firefighter. Maybe she, I'm assuming 24 hour shift, she can probably sleep. Um, but uh, I've known people when I was in college, I used to work at a hospital and people were on call and stuff and you're sleeping, but you have kind of like, 
you know, one eye open waiting for the, the for the phone to ring. Uh, back then, I think it was pagers back then, uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, no one had cell phones yet because it was in the early to mid 90s. Uh, and that, you know, so you're sleeping, but you're not really sleeping because you're waiting to be, you know, called to something because, you know, so I don't know, uh, not you're, so you're not sleeping all that well. Plus you have the stress of a, you know, middle of the night kind of, kind of a response that you have to go to, you know, it just adds to the stress. So I am not sure what she's doing for 24 hour shift, but, uh, from my experience, it was, uh, I did a lot of overnight shifts. I was a little bit of a night owl back then. I couldn't sleep ever. And, uh, you know, Working the graveyard shift in a hospital is uh, is kind of brutal after after a while. I couldn't imagine a twenty four hour shift, but you know me, I like my sleep. But if Amanda is a twenty, you know, on obviously she's on call if she's doing a twenty four hour shift. And my goodness, if she's a firefighter, you know, thank you for thank you for your service. We 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 need you. We need you, and we also need you to be healthy and happy and have energy and awake <laughs> and and yes, and be awake and not have anxiety. So we really wanted to answer this question. So I'm sure a lot of you listening may not have a 24 hour shift twice a week and being on call like Amanda, but at the same time, I really think that this question can relate to a lot of women because she's you know in her early 40s, and I would say you know I'm in my late 40s. <laughs> Hence, the perimenopausal plan book is very close to my heart, near and dear, because I'm, you know, I'm right in it. But Amanda very well could be kind of in that perimenopausal phase, you know, at 41, because it can happen anywhere between, you know, the late 30s to the early 50s is that time before menopause, which is almost like a completely different aspect from menopause. Because like Amanda said, and her doctor is spot on, day 21 of her cycle is, oh, did you hear that little sneeze? That was, <laughs> that was Bob, our little co-pilot dog that goes with us everywhere but he'll, he'll sleep all day the minute we sit down to do a podcast and of course he's uh, you know has to start moving around and making a bunch of noise so <laughs> yeah he wants some attention but sorry just to, to get back to amanda she's 41 her doctor is spot on doing her blood work on day 21 which is that luteal phase of the cycle when that progesterone really should be starting to surge and it is only at 0.5 so it definitely is low which is one of the first signs you see in perimenopause is that progesterone drops the estrogen doesn't necessarily drop which is why she's having regular periods but the progesterone does and low progesterone symptoms do cause anxiety, do cause trouble. Well, she doesn't have any trouble sleeping, but a lot of perimenopausal women have trouble staying asleep. They either wake up for hours or they wake up multiple times. And, you know, so there's other symptoms. So I do think taking some progesterone might be a rate, you know, a great deal might help her a lot, you know, help Amanda a lot, especially with that anxiety or if she's feeling kind of, kind of that negative irritable mood or kind of snarky and grumpy. It, I think it would truly help, but 200 milligrams might be a little bit much. Yeah, especially right out of the gate, like, you know, her first prescription. We usually start for a situation like this, you know, based on her age, based on her lab work, based on her symptoms, we would probably start out at 100 milligrams, maybe even depending on the woman, maybe even 50 milligrams, and then work our way up from there. Uh, we usually don't go any higher than 200, you know, just like this case, 200 is about as high as you need to go. Um, but, you know, to start a woman on 200 milligrams, this is the kind of response you would expect. You expect them to be a little bit tired. Wow, so. that's a lot. Yeah, or right. it's going to make you tired, which is why the doc doesn't want her to take it on her days off. Which I think is, uh, you know, when you and I were talking about this prepping, I said, well, just don't take it the days you work. I mean, that's a reasonable explanation, but the 200 milligram component, I think, is a little bit, you know, that, that could be easily reduced. Uh, and, you know, also, too, whether it's instant release or sustained release, we always prefer to use sustained release. It doesn't specify whether it is or isn't. Uh, you know, I'd like to think that it's sustained release, but, you know, we're not really sure about that part. 
But you think about in a female cycle, you know, the estrogen is, you know, when you're having your period, your estrogen and progesterone are low. The estrogen comes up the first part of your cycle, you know, like usually, you know, it spikes around day 12 to day 14. So you have, you know, ovulation and we really don't make much progesterone until post ovulation. Once you hit that day 14 and you have that ovulation, you're going to make progesterone thereafter. So we really only make progesterone for a half of, you know, half of our quote unquote monthly cycle. Now, Amanda has a little bit longer cycles. She's not the perfect 28 day cycle, but, but who is? She's a little bit longer day 35. So she might be ovulating a little bit later, like around day 18, but she's, you know, on day 21, she should have had some progesterone present. So I would probably, usually what I start with menstruating females in the beginning is I'll start with just having them take that progesterone. I do like the oral. I love the oral and perimenopause um, capsule is for just half of the cycle, you know, just mimicking what would naturally when that progesterone should come up. Cause I find that sometimes when you give a menstruating female progesterone right off the bat all month long, it tends to shorten their cycles because sometimes progesterone can cause a period. So if you give her, you know, progesterone, start, try to give, you know, Amanda progesterone all month long, she might find that her cycles get shortened to like 21 to 25 days. And then, you know, not everybody wants to have a period every three weeks. So I usually start that last half. And, you know, since she's only 41, it's so much easier to start low and work your way up. There's no problem with that. But when you start a little bit too high, it's, and then you start to have issues with being tired or puffy or bloated or hungry, it's really hard to back out of that. So I would even start her at 50, and then, hey, work up to 75, work up to 100, so, you know, see how she's doing. Now, like you mentioned with a menstruating female, uh, for a menopausal female, obviously they're in menopause, so they're not, their bodies are not producing any estrogen or progesterone. The kind of the definition of perimenopause is that, like you said, that lack of progesterone production usually happens after they stop ovulating, which is ovulation is what instigates the release of progesterone. So if the progesterone goes down, that usually means that there's no more ovulation, which is going to happen somewhere between the early to mid 40s in most cases. Now, some women may be a little bit longer than that, but usually that's the time frame. Uh, so uh, the, uh, you know, the other option uh, for a situation like this too, like you said, starting it initially, kind of getting them used to the progesterone, or if you started them early and then you cycle it. So you start them on a, uh, you start them on a, or not early, but on a lower dose, and then they can like what we'll typically do is we'll use a lower dose in the first half of the month and then a higher dose the second half of the month because technically a woman does not make any progesterone for the first two weeks of their cycle, right? That's, that's actually true physiology. So giving a woman progesterone all month long in some ways is kind of going against the grain, um, but women just typically seem to respond pretty well when they have progesterone all 30, all, you know, uh, the entire cycle. And that is absolutely true. Like I said, start off with half of the cycle and then maybe work up because just for, like I was saying, I'm 47. Yeah, I'm in perimenopause. I sure am. Oh God. <laughs> stop. Yes. Oh, God. And just for transparency, I take progesterone all month long. I stop on my period, you know, because you don't want to take necessarily take progesterone or any hormones on your period because you want that entire uterine, uterine lining to slough off. And sometimes progesterone can inhibit that if you're taking that during your period. But I, you know, I take it from day five to my next period. Did you take it yet today? I took it last night because you want to take progesterone at night, but I can see where, so that's where you work into that. So like I was saying, you know, less is best. And then you just work your way to that particular individual. I know you think I probably need more progesterone, but I find I'm a little more sensitive to it that I probably take a little bit less on average when you're comparing other women. I'm just teasing. I'm (laughs) just teasing. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
Uh, definitely uh, taking progesterone at night. Uh, now she's working the twenty-four hour shift, so I'm assuming on those shifts, uh, I'm not sure what that what her job duties entail. Hopefully, she gets to sleep uh, because that puts a lot of strain on the adrenals and your cortisol and your insulin, and you know that's just uh, shift work like that is really really challenging. Uh, and especially the older you get, you know, you can do it in your 20, teens and 20s, but you're in your 40s trying to do shift work like that. That's really, really, uh, really tough, uh, putting an extra burden on you. And uh, now she mentions a couple of the negative mood impacts. Now, the things that we typically use progesterone for is exactly those mood issues, anxiety, anxiousness, irritability. I know you're irritable, irritable with me all the time. <laughs> That's not because uh, of my progesterone. <laughs> uh, well, no, not because of the progesterone, but we know if you, you know, we talk to patients all the time and they always come, they even say it, I'm just so irritable all the time, you know, and it's simple things. It's the way their husbands breathe and the way they chew and, you know, just those really subtle Now you're really things. embarrassing me. <laughs> well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you, I have firsthand experience. I, you know, talk to just as many people as you do. Uh, and, you know, they all kind of, uh, I wouldn't say complain, complain's not the right word. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not. I'm complaining about them complaining. I'm just relaying the verbiage they use. And it's all very similar from one woman to the next as far as how they feel. Like they have this internal one minute, they're fine. And then their husband or their children will do something. And they're in a fit of rage in a second. And they feel bad about it because they can't help this little emotional explosion they have. Progesterone helps to calm all that down. It kind of mellows everything out. It kind of Cre- uh, it reduces the volatility in their emotions because really when you th- when you look at the physiology this is the interesting part when you look at the physiology of progesterone um, really when you're giving a woman progesterone in a case like this usually let's 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 be honest women when they're in their 40s and 50s they got kids they got working they got you know um, their big kid you know the husband uh, you know they got lots of stress to deal with uh, uh, so when you give a woman progesterone, you're really helping her adrenals kind of catch up a little bit, uh, because there's a pathway. We've talked about this on other podcasts, but there's a pathway called the pregnenolone steel where your body will divert, uh, depending on your stress level, not sleeping at night, two 24 hour shifts a week is just like, you know, increasing your stress. Your body will divert a hormonal attention away from progesterone and divert it directly to cortisol. Because your body can't live without cortisol, but your body can certainly function without progesterone, at least maybe not optimally, but at least can function. Uh, so automatically you're at, your body's not making any of it anyways, and then your body's going to divert what little energy, hormonal energy there is left over uh, to directly to cortisol. So, you know, I have this, and that's where some of the insomnia comes from. That's where some of the midsection weight gain comes from. Um, all because uh, of, a, I wouldn't say all because of a lack of progesterone, but that's really where it starts. Exactly. So that, um, so just to kind of back up a little bit with Amanda, taking that progesterone, because progesterone will make you tired. That's why when Dr. Mackey asked me, did you take your progesterone? Uh, yes, today. I was, and I, I was teasing. said today. No, I didn't take it today because we take it at night. And you know that. <laughs> You're just teasing me. <laughs> but yeah, we, we take the progesterone at night because it does kind of make you a little tired. It does raise up GABA. It helps balance out cortisol and raise up GABA for the next day. But you take it at night. So I can understand, Amanda, taking 200 milligrams of oral progesterone that that would that would make you very tired uh, for, for you you would sleep for like two days i think <laughs> for if you, two weeks if you yeah. took 200 milligrams. So you are i will say you are you are fairly sensitive to progesterone because that's where it is it's a very individualized thing and the fact that she's so tired from taking 200 milligrams that's a clear example that she heard the dose needs to go down 
you know, honestly, if she's that, if she's that tired from 200 milligrams, she might be fine with 50 or even 75, Yeah. you know, because she's having such a, you know, a, uh, uh, significant response to a higher dose. Now, granted, let's, let's be honest, 200 milligrams is, uh, is pretty high, but that tends to be more of a menopausal dose as opposed to a, an early stage perimenopausal dose. And for a woman that has her period, typically 200 milligrams is way too much for women that still have their period. So like, you know, what Amanda had written here that she did some research and found that this, you know, replacement therapy could, could, could cause more increased negative moods and more anxiety. And that's not necessarily true, I would say, with progesterone. You know, hey, Google is a rabbit's hole. We all go down it. But I would, if anything, doing this therapy would help with the mood, would help with the anxiety. But there is a small caveat. Like I said, progesterone makes you tired if you take too much of it it can make you feel almost like in some ways, like not motivated, not kind of lethargic, like sounds good, but don't want to do it. You know, I'm comfy right here. So that's where you don't want to do too much. And like Dr. Mackey had mentioned, that would be maybe more, even with menopausal women, I don't necessarily have many on that high of a dose, but maybe that's just my patient population. Um, Every, you know, every practitioner has a different patient population, but I would say for Amanda that she, if she took 200 milligrams every day and then skipped it twice a week, she probably would have out of order bleeding because stop, um, when you take that much progesterone and you're not being consistent with it, it can create just like some spotting, some kind of irregular bleeding. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So she gets a little bit of withdrawal bleeding from stopping it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now she's kind of setting up a whole nother issue for herself. So yeah, yeah. The dose, I think the, the progesterone is good. I wouldn't be too nervous about the mood impact because we use it for positive beneficial mm-hmm. mood impact. That's one of the main reasons why we use capsules versus the cream. The creams do not have that kind of not as much. That kind of that brain effect that mm-hmm. women uh, women seem to respond well to. So I wouldn't be worried about it and if, if you have any any anxiety, it's going to also help to kind of tone that down. Uh, you know, um, certainly. So I wouldn't be too afraid about that. I would just do, you know, uh, maybe go back to your practitioner and have them adjust the dose uh, just to get acclimated. Like you said, maybe just start with 50 milligrams. Yeah, start with 50 milligrams is a great way and work your way up. And, and for Amanda, cause she, I can understand if she's on call and she has to drive a, a truck or a car or, or have to be like in all her, you know, all her brain cells or, you know, working on par, you know, on point, uh, she could, if she was on a 50 milligram progesterone, she could skip that a couple of days of the week and not get any withdrawal bleeding. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's more, it's definitely more an appropriate Mm -hmm. range. So, uh, yeah, this was a good one. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'm a little bit empathetic for Amanda's uh, 24 hour shifts. Hopefully she does get to sleep. Hopefully it's not too crazy. Uh, I, can't imagine what that is. Um, but you know, I can only think of either working in a hospital or being a firefighter, you know, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure there's lots of other shift work, uh, you know, that are out there. Um, I, I actually had a one patient, uh, a long time ago that used to work at an oil refinery and the, the, the people that make, this is just a segue, a little tangent, (laughs) but, uh, um, the, the people that determine the schedules for these jobs, this guy worked at an oil refinery in Southern California, uh, I think Carson or something like that. Uh, and uh, he had, uh, he worked from three o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon. That was the morning shift. And then they had a three o'clock in the afternoon till three o'clock in the morning. Those are, you couldn't have designed a worse schedule for somebody because no matter what, whatever shift he's on, he's up during the middle of the night, no matter what shift he's on. Uh, and he, uh, of course, his main complaint when he came to see me was, was fatigue. He was tired. He was like, he'd been doing it for like 25 years, uh, you know, and he was just 
literally exhausted all the time, but literally you could not pick any worse of a schedule. Now, maybe you could tweak that a little bit, but three o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon till three o'clock in the morning, he's never getting a night's sleep from uh, from dark till dawn ever mm-hmm. for 25 years, right? Oh. You know, so they, Ouch. honestly, some of these companies, they, they should be consulting with people that understand circadian rhythm mm-hmm. and uh, a way to understand that you're not going against the hormonal grain. Because honestly, there is research to show people that do shift work, uh, their, their, their life expectancy goes down, okay? It's not necessarily great from a cortisol perspective to be going against that hormonal grain all the time. A little bit once in a while, no problem. Uh, but on a, a schedule like what he had, oh God, I just felt bad for that guy. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, we kind of, we moved and kind of drifted apart uh, and I think eventually he retired shortly thereafter thank God because I had another another gentleman patient that worked at a children's detention center and his was night shift uh, and uh, you know he did that for probably 20 years um, you know I'm not sure if he's a counselor or a security guard or exactly what he was but his shift for literally for two decades was to work at night and he finally retired this last March, right before the uh, right before the pandemic started. And without doing anything different except sleeping, he lost like 14 pounds um, from just starting to sleep. Um, that's why when we're working with someone, the two, the you know, uh, whatever the, the the first month that we were working with a new patient, the first thing we focus on is getting them to sleep better. You know, partially for that reason, but just for making sure those hormones are kind of heading in the right direction. So, uh, just a little. <laughs> It's a little uh, uh, tangent there, so we love your tangents. Yeah, yeah well, uh, maybe not, but uh, hopefully your you're, tangents are fun. Hopefully, you're not too irritated with me right now. <laughs> oh, never, <laughs> you're the biggest sweetie pie there ever was. Oh, you don't say that when we're not being recorded. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so uh, again, if you have any more questions, please uh, you know uh, uh, reach out. Uh, help at progressionhealth.com. Uh, help at progressionhealth.com. Uh, Dr. Davidson, do you have any more uh, comments or uh, anything to say about Amanda? No, thank you for writing, Amanda, and we appreciate whatever shifts you're doing because we know it's probably important. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's very important. So until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.